This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. And greetings and salutations, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the best show on your radio. It is Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. With Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together, presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app. Sirius X and Channel 80. And always, always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. We got back-to-back days of what's going to be an ongoing feud involving one Harry Douglas and Nick, please don't call me the show killer Cardi, one of our guys behind the scenes, because believe me, it started during the show meeting. It started yesterday. It even started even before yesterday. I just love the fact that this feud is not going to stop, can't stop, won't stop. And you know what? Being Mr. Petty Crocker, I'm here for it. Having Doug's involving you and Nick used to be the show killer Cardi. Yes, 100% Friday. Today, we know it as Love Friday. This Love is- Friday. This is Nicodemus. This this is his favorite day, right, Nick? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Best day of the week, Harry. Atta boy. Now, Atta Nick, boy. if you had your choice, okay. which day would you prefer, Nick? If you had your choice? Oh Lord, why would I not pick Love Friday? Atta baby. See, now we're getting <laughs> off on the right foot. There See, Nick, Love Friday. <laughs> all it took was one day yesterday, and now you're you, you on task. That's I, what I'm talking I about. I like Nick. the fact that there's a thaw in this feud right now because that's what Love Friday always does. It, <laughs> it brings people together. It that's does right. not tear them apart because, believe me, you two were taking shots at each other. And as like I said, that's Mr. Petty Crocker. I was all here for it involving you. And I, had to, I had to be the bigger man in, in our yes. production meeting. Yes, I had to be did. the bigger man. So, you know, my counseling sessions uh-huh. are really paying off. Growth, yeah. Freddie. It's yeah. all about growth, ladies and gentlemen. If uh-huh. you need counseling, okay. don't run from it. It is yeah. there to help you and the rest of your life moving forward. What was the one time in your NFL career that you knew you had to be the bigger man? You didn't want to, but you decided to anyway. It could have been a game. could have been a practice. could have been a film session. There has been one moment in your NFL career where you said to yourself, I really don't want to do this, but I'm going to do it because i got to be the bigger man in this situation. It was a situation in, in Atlanta, and I'm, I'm not going to go in detail, okay. but it was a situation, and I had to be hesitant about reacting okay. because I was also becoming a free agent a ah. few weeks after that so (laughs) so i was like okay i gotta i have to relax a little bit here because i am becoming a free agent okay and i'm trying to resign here in atlanta all right i knew that'd be a good question answer is so much better than the question now based on it just giving the periphery is good enough to whet my appetite (laughs) when i get the full story and believe me brothers and sisters I will get the full story because Harry will tell me <laughs> it's going to be even more juicy and more delicious when I hear about this involving what happened. Be as juicy as you want to be by hitting us up on the Freddie Harry call in line at triple eight say ESPN. That is eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. It's always about this because there's no better way to kick off the show when it comes to the main thing. 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 The main thing with Freddie and Harry. I'll give Kalen Williams a lot of credit. It could have been very easy to have what he said early in the week at the Combine that would blow up in his face when he said, and I'm paraphrasing, it's not up to me. If the Bears are going to draft me, I'll go wherever. He has been the perfect spin doctor, Harry Douglas, because two days ago, people wondered, hmm, does he really want to go there? Two days later when it comes to Caleb Williams. The Bears are, was an 8-9 team last year, um, I believe, and uh, seven and seven to ten, sorry, and and um, you know that's that's pretty good for a team that has the first pick, um, and and they got a good defense, um, they got good players on offense, um, and and you know 
it's, it's pretty exciting, you know, if you could go into a situation like that. I don't compare myself to the other guys, um, you know, that's there or been there. Um, I think I'm my own player, and, um, you know, I, I, I tend to like to, you know, create history and, and rewrite history. It's like somebody got next to Caleb Williams, Harry Douglas, and said, Psst, you could be Bryce Young, and look where he is. The situation he went into where he does not have the coach that drafted him. Psst, hey, Caleb. You got some guys around you. You got a DJ Moore. You got a decent defense. You got a coach that may have figured out, Psst, hey, Caleb, do not bite the hand that's <laughs> going to make sure you are a better quarterback going into a better situation than a lot of first-rounders that we've seen in recent memory. And number one overall picks. And, Freddie, I want to read a list to you of guys, the last 11 quarterbacks that's okay. been drafted in the number one overall in the NFL draft. Right. Start, going back to 2009, you had okay. Matthew Stafford. All right. He went to the Detroit Lions. Yep. That wasn't a good organization it to be drafted not. to. No doubt. You have Sam Bradford in 2010 okay. who went to the St. Louis Rams at the time. Yep. That wasn't a good organization to go to. True. You have Cam Newton. Okay. In 2011, who went to the Carolina Panthers. Now, they were building some things, right? It's, it wasn't too far removed that they had actually went to a Super Bowl yeah. with Jake DeLome, right. Steve Smith, uh, senior at the wide receiver position. Yeah. But you had some pieces. You yeah. just needed that yep. that major piece to end the puzzle. Uh-huh. And Cam Newton was that piece for that football team. Real quick, he was so much fun to watch that rookie year because yes, you knew they weren't going to win. But he was tearing everybody a new one. And I didn't care what the final score was that year. Every Sunday when he was on, I could not have hit Sunday ticket quick enough. That's how much I love watching Cam Newton that rookie year. And I know he became an MVP later on when they were 15-1. But, Harry, that rookie season with Cam Newton, we don't talk about that rookie season enough because he was literally getting his behind kicked and kicking people's behinds on a 6-10 and 10 record. That may be my most favorite 6-10 team ever in the NFL because of one guy, his rookie season in Carolina when it came to Cam Newton. Well, the reason why we don't talk about it much, or people in general, is because most people find ways to try to hate on Cam Newton instead of celebrating him for what he was able to do when That's he fair. was playing and at the height of his career. That's fair. Uh, but 2012, Andrew Luck, he went to the Indianapolis Colts. Mm-hmm. Was that a good organization? Nope, because remember Peyton Manning, uh, had the next situation, and yep. they had got him out of there. Mm-hmm. 2015, Jameis Winston with the Bucks. That wasn't a good situation. It was not. 2016, Jared Goff. Now, that was a decent situation yep. for him. Absolutely. Right? Uh, you had Baker Mayfield in 2018 uh, with Cleveland. Wasn't uh, bad. Wasn't good. Was, wasn't yeah, bad. Yeah. Exactly. Once he got in the lineup, it, it got better. Kyler Murray, 2019. Wasn't the greatest, but he made an impact and made a difference. Yes, he did. And it helped propel them to the playoffs. Right. 2020, mm-hmm. Joe Burrow. Ugh. Yeah. Cincinnati wasn't looking too good. Uh-huh. Trevor Lawrence in 2021. Was it, that's a gap year because one of the worst human beings to ever coach in the NFL, Urban Meyer, was his head coach. And then Bryce Young last year. And I say that to say this, when you're drafted number one overall, majority of the time, and I mean majority, about 99, 98% of the time, right. you're going to be going into an organization mm-hmm. where they're viewing you as the franchise changer Absolutely. and to turn things around. Absolutely. And of all those quarterbacks, 11 quarterbacks I just named, you know only four of those quarterbacks have had a Super Bowl appearance mm. with only one of those quarterbacks winning the Super Bowl, and that was Matthew Stafford with another team. 
because him and Jerry all flip flop places. Think about how crazy that is, man. Yeah. It, it, by the way, Harry Douglas raced up by him. I'm Freddie Coleman. I'm Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio because more often than not, when you had the number one pick in the draft, you're not any good unless somebody traded with you and they happen to luck out that you stunk enough and you got their pick because that's where the Chicago Bears are. They have the number one pick from the Carolina Panthers. And the Carolina Panthers stunk so bad the Bears are going, ooh, yippee, we're going to have two picks in the top ten at number one and at number nine. And now you can get the quarterback that you really want. And it seems that the quarterback that you really want, he's not worried about going overall number one. He believes in himself when it comes to Caleb Williams. It's not a thought in my mind. Yeah, I'm, I don't think I'm, that I'm not going to be number one. Um, I think I put in all the, all the hard work, um, all of the – you know, the time, effort, energy um, into, into, you know, being that. Um, so, you know, I don't think of a plan B. That's, that's kind of how I do things in my life. I don't think of a plan B. Stay on plan A. Um, and then when things don't work out, find a way to make plan A work. So now that he's made peace with that, now that Caleb Williams told Caleb Williams, Psst, hey, Caleb, <laughs> Chicago's going to be okay. The pizza's fine. You can find a nice apartment on Lake Michigan. It's like someone, Caleb whispered to Caleb, Psst, it's going to be okay. To me, the most interesting quarterback now in the draft has become J.J. McCarthy. Mm-hmm. Where is he going to go? Because many people believe the Denver Broncos, perfect spot for him. Sean Payton's already gotten rid of Russell Wilson. We know that Jared Stidham is a backup quarterback at best in the National Football League. And now you got a guy there in J.J. McCarthy who checks all those boxes if you're a guy like Sean Payton. Or if you're a team like the New York Giants, right, Mike Tannenbaum? ESPN NFL front office insider who said as much on get up early this morning. Yeah, he could even go higher. He could go four. I could see Atlanta trading up to four if they have to. And here's why. The style of play that Michigan had over the last two years just didn't, wasn't conducive to having the massive statistics we've talked about with these other guys. But he has all the ability in the world. He has much better athleticism than people realize. I went to a bunch of their practices over the last two years. He's an innate leader. And at the most high leverage moments, Greeny, he played extremely well. He's the most interesting quarterback for these two reasons, in my opinion. Number one, like he just mentioned, playing in that system in Michigan. He's been coached by an NFL guy who's back in the NFL now, Jim Harbaugh, with the Los Angeles Chargers, and ran an NFL system. And number two, because of that, to me, he may be the guy that has the best chance to succeed early on above Jaden Daniels, above Caleb Williams, and above when it comes to Drake May because he's potentially going to a better situation with the NFL pedigree, NFL coaching than the other guys had. Not sliding them, just putting it out there with J.J. McCarthy had at Michigan compared to those guys at USC, at North Carolina, and also at LSU. Yeah, let me, let me say this first about Caleb Williams and the situation he's going, to, going into with Chicago. Uh, Chicago finishing the season 7-10, and 10, Freddie. Um, you don't normally see teams that finish 7-10 and 10 drafting number one overall. Mm-hmm. And the reason why they are is because they made the trade last year with the Carolina Panthers. So right. I believe what Matt Eberflus was able to do towards the uh, end of the middle, end of the season last year, uh, well, they made major strides as a team, as they an sure organization. Did. They sure did. Right? And, and I think Caleb is going into a better situation if he's drafted number one overall than a lot of people are actually giving Chicago credit for. Now, did things start off that way? No, they didn't. Now to J.J. McCarthy, his greatest trait, in my opinion, is the fact that he's a flat-out winner. Okay. And when you're able to go 27-1 and one as a starter in college, which are only lost being a TCU in the college football playoffs in the semifinals, that's something to be said for. Yeah. Because we've heard 
from a coach in San Francisco at one point, I want winners. <laughs> There's a reason why a lot of teams go get these players from Alabama, go get these players from Ohio State, or these yeah. other top-notch programs of Clemson when they were winning, because you want to surround your organization with players who understand how to win and know I how want to winners. sacrifice. I want winners. And that's what – when you sacrifice, you know how to win. And J.J. McCarthy has been able to do that. Does, did he put up the eye-popping numbers this season? No. There, were, there, there was a few games toward the end of the season where mm-hmm. people were like, man, what's going on with J.J. McCarthy? Right. But when his coach was out and Sharon Moore took over, hey, we had to do what was best for the team. And he was okay with that. Now, I think another thing he does is thread the needle very well. Like, there are some throws. Like, that touchdown pass against Ohio State to oh, yeah. uh, Roman, um, Roman Wilson. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how that football got in there. It was another touchdown pass to a tight end mm-hmm. against Michigan State. And I'm like, man, the boy literally put a, a, a thread through a needle. And, and threw the football on a rope. So I like that about his game. Yeah. But running that pro-style system, in which we've seen has worked in the National Football League with Jim Harbaugh when he was with the San Francisco 49ers, right. that's a major plus. Okay. Being coached by a guy that had that instant success everywhere he's been, You're right. that's going to pay huge dividends in his meetings and these teams when they're evaluating him, mm-hmm. trying to figure out, hey, should we take him and take a chance on him? But like I said, his greatest trait yeah. is that he's a winner. 20, yeah. 27 and 1, you can't, you, you, can't, you can't erase that. I Don't, want winners. Those are in the books. We're going to bring in Devin Kane, our producer, on this because he's a Giants fan. Triple H, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Who's the most interesting quarterback in this NFL draft? It could be one of the four guys we mentioned. Caleb Williams, assuming he goes to Chicago, seems likely. You got Drake May of North Carolina, Jaden Daniels of LSU, J.J. McCarthy of Michigan, Michael Penix Jr. of Washington. Who's the most interesting quarterback, in your opinion, why going into the NFL draft? Let us know, 888-729-3776. I'm going to ask Harry Delix that question. But speaking of J.J. McCarthy, Devin Kane, you heard Mike Tannenbaum said about your Giants that they should definitely try to think about trading up at number six, or they better take J.J. McCarthy right then and there at number six? What are your thoughts on what Mike T. had to say about your NYGs? Oh, man. The Giants have so much they need where if if you give them the option at J.J. McCarthy at number six, I, I think I would rather get a wide receiver at number six and re-rack it with Daniel Jones, and then hopefully maybe you can get like a Bo Nix or something. If you still really want a quarterback, get a Bo Nix in the second round. Or Michael Penix. I'm thinking when when I look at Michael Penix, the question you ask, he's very interesting to me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because right. obviously he's he's he gets nagged because of his injury history, but sure. he throw he has such a good arm. I saw a video today of him in like the lobby of the at the combine, practicing throwing. Yeah. His arm's unbelievable. Yes, he throws it is. rockets. And so I wonder if he later on could be not the same scale as Lamar Jackson because he's otherworldly, but like I wonder if we're gonna look back and be like, Why didn't why didn't we draft Michael Penix higher? I think Michael Penix Jr. at the quarterback position is going to be the steal of the draft okay? because his accuracy and the way he's able to thread needles as well. You talk about the deep ball being put in only places where his guy can catch the football. We've seen it time and time again, whether it was against Oregon when we did college game day out there in Seattle, Washington, whether you've seen it in the college football playoffs against Texas. This young man, uh, in a game that meant so much, the one I'm talking about was in Seattle versus Oregon, Mm -hmm. they were down. Yes, they were. The young man is cool, calm, and collected. 
He's freestyling on the sidelines up to his wide receiver about what he's going to do, not if, but when he gets the football back. So right. he told me a few things. Number one, the moment wasn't too big. Number two, there's no reason to get all overexcited. Just be who you are. Number three, he believed in his teammates, right, that they were going to get it done for him and get him that football back. Number four, he believed in his guys, that if he just got the football back, he was going to put the ball where it needed to be and they were going to make the play. Okay, Jason wants to talk about this at Triple H, say ESPN, 888-729-3776 from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Jason, who's the most interesting quarterback going into the NFL draft this year and why? We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Michael Penix Jr., uh, because I think the guy is the most talented quarterback in this draft. Uh, yes, I'm including Caleb Williams. Um, I think he has the best arm in this draft. It, the biggest question is his health, and, and some people say his age. But I think in the right system, like hopefully my Denver Broncos, he would be by far the best quarterback of this draft. Uh, everyone last year thought Bryce Young was the best, and he obviously wasn't. At least he wasn't last year. Um, I think Michael Penix Jr. should be the guy that the Broncos should go get. If that means trade back and let these teams pass on him, go ahead. But he is definitely the best in the draft. Like for me, I, I, I see Michael Penix Jr. as a first-round draft pick. So okay. when I'm me looking too. at teams like the Minnesota Vikings, if you don't want to pay Kirk Cousins and you have a Jordan Addison, a TJ Hawkinson, and also a Justin Jefferson – you put a gunslinger in there, mm-hmm. so you go get a Michael Penix Jr. And no, I don't believe number 11 is too high to take him because okay. I, I, I believe that he's a first-round quarterback on top of it. But if you're the Broncos, like uh, last caller just mentioned, Jason yeah. just mentioned, or if you are the Raiders that have a Jacoby Myers, that have a Michael Mayer, that has, have a Devontae Adams, you go get a Michael Penix Jr. Because he fits what you do if you're the Denver yes. Broncos and the Las Vegas Raiders. Because Jason is spot on and you're spot on. And Minnesota. And, uh, and no question. Minnesota, Minnesota more than anybody. Yeah, I won't disagree with that with the guys they have on the outside in their system. Because he, with the, even with the injuries he's had before he got to Washington, he's still athletic enough to make plays in the pocket, move outside the pocket, make plays with his legs. We're not talking about, we're not talking about somebody who's an invalid or a statue because of the two knee surgeries that he's had to deal with. Part of his college career, first in Indiana, then in Washington. I'm with you because it seems the more and more that we talk about these quarterbacks, and I'm thinking that guy was a was a first team All American. That guy's one of the leading candidates for the Heisman Trophy. Was all said and done. It's like they looked at what he has not been able to do physically because of injuries, and what he's been able to do because they always try to use the whole thing. Well, the tape tells the truth. 
But some people don't want to hear that truth when it comes to a guy like Michael Penix Jr., even Bo Nix out of Oregon. Freddie, a pet peeve of mine is that when we talk so much about these guys' injuries okay. that they had two or three years ago, more so than we talk about the damn play that they displayed <laughs> last year and the year before that, when they didn't get injured. Like, the, the, it bothers me. I literally watched Michael Penix Jr. because I did the mega cash, right, yep. for the Texas and Washington Huskies game. I seen this man elude uh, Byron Murphy and uh, Tavondre Sweat, who are going to be big-time players in the National Football League from Texas, keep his eyes downfield, not look at the rush, and still deliver strikes. I seen him also utilize his legs – for the greater good for the Washington Huskies to be able to pick up first downs and have positive plays and move the chain. So I like Michael Penix Jr. And I hate that we, not we, but people in general talk so much about the injuries. Stop talking so much about the injuries. We understand the man towards ACLs. We understand that. Yeah, but look at the production. That that, that ain't nothing new. Yeah, look at the production, what he's able to do the last couple of years of Washington running an essential pro-style offense that he made hum. And he's going to put a couple of guys in the NFL, the wide receiver position because of what he was able to do. Franchise in Washington, D.C. Franchise, who's the most interesting quarterback going into this year's NFL draft and why? What's going on, fellas? How you feeling today? We're, we're feeling good, my man. Feeling good if you're feeling good. Hey, hey, you keep me feeling good. I appreciate you both. Appreciate you. So the most intriguing quarterback of this year's draft, in my opinion, is actually not any of the college kids coming in. I think the most intriguing quarterback actually falls on Justin Fields because once that domino falls, that's really going to dictate – how these quarterbacks go to these next teams. And as a side to that, with the, with the Redskins having that second pick, if they were able to give up a two and a four or two and a four and some other package to get Justin Fields, I think they could move down, perhaps get that two right back, take Marvin Harrison, be able to pair Fields, Harrison, and what they already got there in D.C. And I think that changes the whole outlook on how these quarterbacks fall in 2024. Man, I, I didn't think of – that's one I didn't think about. Franchise in Washington, D.C. got in touch with his NML Kuiper Jr. He spoke that gospel on that one. I, I didn't think about <laughs> yeah. the Washington Commanders potentially, mm-hmm. hey, let's trade for Justin Fields, move out of the number two spot, mm-hmm. get more draft capital. Ooh. I, I don't think Washington's going to do that. No, they're not. Because they have so much you know, banking right, on this right, decision. Right. However <laughs> – <laughs> it, it wasn't a bad take. No, it wasn't. We're not it hating wasn't on that. a bad take at all. We are not hating on that. A franchise in Washington, D.C. By the way, St. Charles, my friend, appreciate you taking us with you on your travels in the afternoon. Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman, together on Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance, insurance of motorcycles, boats, and RVs. It gives you protection on the road and on the water. So see how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. Keep weighing in. Who's the most interesting quarterback going into this year's NFL draft? Do that at triple eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six and on Twitter at Coleman ESPN and at H Douglas eighty three and in the NBA if the Los Angeles Lakers are going to be that threat in the Western Conference so we just want to get better every year it doesn't matter who our opponent is we haven't you know we're trying to place ourselves to be in you know playoff contention this will have to happen that has nothing to do with the guy who just talked LeBron James keep it here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. Of Friday. It is a Love Friday edition of Freddie and Harry. He's Harry Douglas. Freddie Coleman together. Presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80. And always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. We're going to get to this in a couple of minutes. Give or take a second or two. About the Lakers being a threat in the Western Conference. So we just want to get better every year. It doesn't matter who our opponent is. We haven't, you know, we're trying to place ourselves to be in, you know, playoff contention. Well, this will have to happen. That has nothing to do with what you heard from LeBron James and all about his game. We'll do that in a couple of minutes. People want to weigh in about the most interesting quarterback coming up in this NFL draft. Getting great responses already on Twitter at Coleman ESPN and HDUX83. Matthew Ressler says, I really believe that Bo Nix is the most interesting quarterback that could be the steal of this draft. He'll go late in the draft and potentially have better weapons around him, and I believe he'll earn a spot as a starting quarterback. I just feel like he is better than a lot of these other quarterbacks, and he is not getting enough burn and light when it comes to that. You talk about a quarterback from his time at Auburn to finishing his career at Oregon. Growth was extremely high, and I really loved last year, more so than he did the previous year in 2022, but in 2023, Mm -hmm. he really trusted the guys around him more. Absolutely. Very efficient passing the football. Um, Didn't have a ton of deep shots, but the ones they did have, he he was able to hit them. But I I really trust, I really was impressed with his growth and the way he trusted not only his running backs, but his receivers, tight end, and, and really got those guys the ball instead of trying to be a hero. Billy in Houston at 888-729-3776. Billy, who could be the most interesting quarterback going into this year's draft and why? What's going on, fellas? How y'all been? We're good, Billy Bill. How's life treating you, my man? Man, it's treating me good. Hey, first thing I got to tell y'all, hey, I told you this before, man, two attack of a loser. Remember that. (laughs) Two attack of a loser. (laughs) Wait, hold on on a second, (laughs) Billy. You can't punish him because, you know, it was colder than death out there versus Kansas City. Hawaiian, Hawaiian guys don't function. I'm a cold weather kid from the Northeast, Billy. I wouldn't have functioned that way in that night in Kansas City. <laughs> hey, but you know what? The most intriguing quarterback and no one's talking about is Jordan Travis from out of Florida State. I have a feeling that when he gets better and he gets healthy and gets on the field, he will make a lot of people rethink the way that they looked at him. And the reason I say that is because when he was at Florida State, he pretty much was Florida State. And when he went down, Florida State went to trash. And I think he has the mindset, the leadership, and all the physical attributes whatsoever with arm straight and speed. I think he'll be baby Lamar when he comes into the league and shows his worth and his ability. Yeah, Jordan Travis, a guy who was at Louisville at one point, transferred to Florida State. Forgot about that, by the way. Yeah, did a tremendous job with his football team, and we've seen the impact of that. Uh, when Florida State went undefeated, won the ACC championship, and they got left out of the college football playoffs. Sure. But he was really good for the Florida State Seminoles, a, a dual-threat guy. 
But now I'm not going to say he was all Florida State had because they had a running back named Trey Benson, a tight end named Jaheim Bell, a wide receiver, a wide receiver named Johnny named Johnson, and, 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 and Keon Coleman, uh-huh. and, yeah. and a hell of a defense too. But, you know, Jordan Travis did his thing, and it kind of remind, reminds me of a Hendon Hooker, not okay. the way their games are, but right. Hendon Hooker, you know, hurt himself late in the season, got drafted to the Detroit Lions, so – that's another quarterback that's just sitting waiting in the wings for his opportunity in the hunker with Detroit. That I, I see that for Jordan Travis, and he's going to make a team happy and special, I think, moving forward because he's going to have the ability to be able to learn before he actually plays. Charles in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, which quarterback is the most interesting quarterback going into this year's draft and why? Hey, Freddie, thank you for taking my call. Sure. Hey, Harry, how's it going? We're good. How you doing, man. buddy? Appreciate you asking. Oh, Fantastic. So, yeah, you stole my thunder, but that's okay. It's all right. Here's, I'll, ma- I'll make this really short. If Bo Nix goes on a team and is the signal caller and he completes 75% of his passes, people are going to say, oh, no, we could have drafted him. <laughs> <laughs> well done, by the way. <laughs> because people usually have biased remorse. How many times have we seen that? Where somebody looked and said, man, we had a chance to draft that guy a couple of times, and we let that guy go. Yep. Go, they, guys like Bo Nix, potentially a J.J. McCarthy, potentially a Spencer Rattler coming out of South Carolina, the guy that Caleb Williams beat out at Oklahoma and he transferred. There's always those couple of guys where a team will say, man, we could have taken that guy in a second or third or fourth round, and we let that go, guy go once, twice, and thrice. Plenty, now, of, plenty of stories about that. Now let, me t- let me tell Charles this, now, just to give him a little context. Now, the National Football League is not college football, and the highest completion percentage in the NFL this year was only because this quarterback played four games, and that was Mason Rudolph with 74.3, but he only played four games. Behind him was Mason Rudolph with 70.4, and he only played nine games. So Dak Prescott was the leader yeah. in that department, in my opinion, in my opinion okay. with 69.5%. For, for more context, okay. the highest completion percentage in a season all time, mm-hmm. Drew Brees at 74.4% I remember in that 2018. Year. So... <laughs> I, you know, I don't think he's going to be completing 75% of his pass. Put it this way. The fact that Drew Brees did that, people say, well, he threw a lot of short passes. It's still hard to complete passes in the NFL where guys get bigger, faster, stronger, and It's, it's and not longer. as easy as people think it. No, it's not. They think it is, Freddie. Well, it, yeah. it really isn't. Yeah. Because think about this. You also have 295 pounds mm-hmm. coming at you trying to sack you. And for a guy like Drew Brees, who isn't that tall, right. and that's why he's always looking up through his doggone face mask, <laughs> like his helmet is too big for his head. Uh-huh. Like, it was harder for him, I, I believe. Right. More so than guys that's 6'4", 6'5", at the quarterback position. I'll never forget interviewing Drew Brees when he had been the New Orleans Saints for about three years. And I said, what's the misconception that they have about you because you're not a tall quarterback? He says, everybody in the NFL has to throw through and around people. He said, you look at any quarterback. You could be six foot six, but guys in the NFL, when they put their hands up, they're about seven feet. He said, people don't realize in the NFL, it's not throwing over people. It's throwing in between people. And he said, we would spend a lot of time at practice because I'm not a taller quarterback. So the guys had to look for when the ball all all of a sudden appeared in between all these hands. But at the same time, he said, everybody goes through that in the NFL. Not too many quarterbacks. You can speak on this, Harry. Not a lot of quarterbacks are throwing over guys. They're throwing in between slots and in between lanes. 
and wide receivers are trained to look, the balls will be coming out now. And you got to be aware when that ball is coming out. And here's the catcher. The good quarterbacks, or I should say the great ones, they're throwing with anticipation. So they're throwing before that receiver even breaks Mm -hmm. or he's even ready for the football. So it makes it a lot more or more extremely harder to be able to do that. But for Drew Brees, who, (laughs) man, Uh I played against him a lot. Well, let me tell you, let me let me tell you what was special about him in pregame warmups. I remember watching him in pregame warmups one time because I went over there and I said after he got done, "Hey, Drew Brees, you mind if I get this jersey after the game?" (laughs) Did he give it to you? Hell yep, right downstairs in my basement, hanging up, signed and everything. But look at you sleeping with the enemy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I I had to say it on the low too. (laughs) Okay, but the fact that like in in he took warmups as serious as he did taking a snap from center in the game. Mm-hmm. So he was going through reads and progressions and doing nothing half speed. Right. So I always respected him. And right. I remember one time in the game, man, he went to option one, two, and three, and then back to one. And I said, I wasn't surprised. First of all, I was shocked, like, damn, can we stop him? But then I said to myself, he practices this. Yeah. Wow. So it's not foreign to him. He's accustomed to doing it. Wow. That's tremendous. Kirk in Oklahoma, he wants to win on the most innocent quarterback going into NFL draft this year and why I'm Freddie and Harry at 888-729-3776 on ESPN Radio. Captain Kirk, who is that quarterback and why? I think it's Spencer Rather because he, man, he went from being like a Heisman Trophy candidate to having a, you know, a bunch of political stuff at OU where he had to lease and transfer. So if he makes it in the pros, all that college stuff will be completely forgotten. That's, I, yeah, that, that's completely fair, Kirk. I'm glad you were able to process that. And put that out there because people always think whatever you did in college, people will remember the NFL. Plenty of times, like, look, whatever happened there, it's not going to happen here. If we believe that's going to happen here, then we're not having any conversations with you the combine. You got to worry about your draft status. You got to worry about your pro day. The fact that whatever happened in Oklahoma, I guarantee you, and I'm glad you brought up Kirk, if you can play and you show that you can get past that, the NFL is not going to use that against you, especially if you're not going to be a first-round draft pick. Spencer Rouse probably going like the third or fourth round. That won't be as as detrimental to him and his NFL prospects than it would be, let's say, if you're going to be a top five pick in the National Football League quarterback. Yeah, you talk about someone in Spencer Rattler who really had to overcome adversity. Um, I, I remember doing a college football show, Freddie. I can't remember who they were playing against, and he mm-hmm. didn't have the best of game, and the crowd was chanting for Caleb Williams mm-hmm. to come in the game and be the quarterback. Right. So that situation, I, I believe, in college at Oklahoma got to him, and then Caleb Williams took over. He had success that whole nine, but the adversity part is something that he could use as fuel moving forward, right, in the National Football League when competing for a job. One thing he even talked about during the NFL Combine, the one thing that, because he's already participated in certain pro days and drills, excuse me, when it comes to the Denver Broncos, they were looking at him, and many people believe the Atlanta Falcons could be in play. They're only three hours away from Columbia, South Carolina, where he played. He is not going to lack for suitors especially when he's been knocking it out this week, talking to teams like Denver, like Atlanta during the, during the combine. He could be very, very attractive. That You don't want to draft a quarterback that high? A guy like Spencer Rattler, if he can overcome that at Oklahoma and then at South Carolina, he's not going to be rattled competing for a job in the National Football League. Oh, I see what you did there. Spencer Rattler won't be rattled. Okay, look, <laughs> man, we, this is Love Friday, y'all. Where you I, at, Nick? I just love Friday. <laughs> 
<laughs> Thank and, you. And the feud. Love Friday. The feud is back on Love Friday involving these two. <laughs> Nick Cardi behind the board. Our man Devin Kane running the things as a producer. He's Harry Douglas, Freddie coming together on Freddie and Harry. And we get to LeBron James when it comes to the word contention and also the word trust when it comes to his team plus the Golden State Warriors equally in the postseason. Keep it here on Love Friday on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. This is Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Love Friday. He's Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together on Love Friday edition of Freddie and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for joining us on SiriusXM Channel 80 and always, always, always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Well, that LeBron James guy did it again. And he and Anthony Davis had to. Second straight night, he carried them in the fourth quarter. The Lakers had to rally to beat the one of the worst teams in the NBA, the Washington Wizards, 134 to 131 in overtime. They had lost, they've lost 13 games in a row. They now have the worst record in the NBA. The Wizards are 9 and 50. The Pistons are 9 and 49. The Wizards are worse than a team in Detroit that had a 28-game losing streak this year. And the Wizards are the worst team in the NBA. That's the team the Lakers barely beat last night in overtime, 134 to 131. LeBron's like, look, a win's a win. So we just want to get better every year. It doesn't matter who our opponent is. We haven't, you know, we're trying to place ourselves to be in, you know, playoff contention. You know, so it doesn't matter if it's the Nuggets or the Clippers or the Wizards or whoever the case we play. We have to just try to play our game and then defend at a high level, continue to share the ball offensively, try to shoot it at a high clip, get to the free throw line. So it's not a personal matchup versus them. They know what they want to do. They, they are already solidified in what they want to do each and every night. And we're still trying to get better and work through our, you know, our things and get still trying to get healthy and things of that nature. So, you know, we just want to get better. LeBron's like, look, because we know the narrative would have sounded like if the Lakers had lost to a team that did not have 10 wins on the regular season in Los Angeles and the night after what LeBron James was able to do with the Lakers to make sure they come back from a 21-point deficit against the Los Angeles Clippers. No matter what happens with the Lakers, it is on LeBron, but those dudes need to start stepping up. Austin Reeves, not D'Angelo Russell. There are a lot of D'Angelo Russell haters out there. They've been, they've been awfully quiet because he's really stepped up for that basketball team. And Anthony Davis is going to be Anthony Davis. But the Austin Reeves of the world, all those other guys, those supporting cast players, they've got to start raising their game to make sure that LeBron James and the Lakers, who more than likely may want to be in a play-in situation, are not going to be potential one-and-done or two-and-done and not even getting to the part of the playoffs after the play-in. So no matter what LeBron James is saying, and he's right, by trying to stay in contention, those other guys have got to be better than that and not just rely, hey, he's going to save us. Or Anthony Davis is going to save us. Or D'Angelo Russell is going to keep playing better. Those things can't happen to the Los Angeles Lakers because you look at a team like the Golden State Warriors. They're supporting cast guys, including Klay Thompson, which sounds strange to say, but it's true. The supporting gas, cast excuse me, behind Steph Curry, they've been able to step up. He's going to do his thing, but Steph also knows – you can trust us because we got a lot of guys that we know that we can rely on more than ever before. You need guys to step up and, and be consistent, and that's what they've been doing. So I obviously feel you know, very confident in our ability to win any game on any given night. We just have to keep stacking you know, these good performances together. There's a meaning to win every game, but I think the identity, we all, that's why I always say, are we forming an identity? And I think we are. So, Mr. Ducks, I'll lay it out there for you. When I use the word trust, when it comes to the Lakers and the Warriors and the postseason, 
who do you have more trust in that could be a threat in the Western Conference in the postseason? For me, I'm going to go with the Warriors. And even though a lot of people point to them because of the lack of size, I think when you have a guy like Steph Curry who can shoot the basketball the way he actually does, but it's the emergence of Jonathan Kaminga. And -hmm. I think right now when you look at the Warriors and Andrew Wiggins and, you know, him with his personal matters, is that good for them? You know, no, it's not, but he has to handle what he has to handle. But Jonathan Kaminga balling out and doing what he's supposed to do and making the strides that they are expecting him to make uh, last year, the year before that, uh, I, I really like what this basketball team is currently. And we do see how pivotal Draymond Green is to this team, right? Mm-hmm, no doubt. Uh, when he was out, you, you noticed it. But now that he's back, we see how intense that uh, intense he is, how he puts defensive principles. But he's even more confident this year, and he's been able to hit some three-point shots and, and really not be a, a lull out there on the basketball court. You look at him, he had seven points last night, but – 10 rebounds, 6 assists. Yeah. He he's doing everything necessary for the football, um, excuse me, for the for that basketball team so they can try to make another run. So I I honestly trust the Golden State Warriors for the Lakers. It's like right now everything looks so hard for them. It does. Yeah. Like their last 3 or 4 games, I think 4 games, every every game has been close. And you look at the energy that LeBron James has that he has to put forth just to get a victory. I don't know if that's going to be good. Uh, as you get towards the end of the season. And by the way, they play the Denver Nuggets on Saturday night, a Nuggets team that right now, they're all in their fields. <laughs> I mean, everybody. I don't care if it's Jokic, Murray, they are all in their fields right now. And that's a team that the Lakers are going to face off on Saturday night. That game right on ESPN Radio, comes begins at 8 o'clock Eastern time and on the ESPN app at 8.30 on Saturday night when it comes to ABC. I can't wait, uh, Harry, real quick, how the Lakers will handle a Nuggets team that knows the Lakers are trying to make a statement at their expense. Well, number one, you have Nikola Jokic. But I, I want to make sure that Jamal Murray is going to be healthy yes. enough time to be, be able to play that game. That's a, that's a huge thing. No doubt about that. In the NFL, which team outside of the Chicago Bears is under the most pressure to get that quarterback situation right this offseason? That's next. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.